the Pac-12 is now the Pac-4. Alvin Kamara has been suspended. We've got a fight that broke the internet. Anthony Davis got a big payday, but does he deserve it? The first coaches poll is out, and how well represented are Southern teams? And did George Pickens really put Michael Crowtree in his top five for wide receivers? All this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Silverman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake Silverman. 14 and as always this is sponsored by variety sports network at variety underscore sport underscore your home for all sports in different forms and variety my co-host christy cannot be with us tonight she is feeling a little under the weather but don't worry she will be back on our friday episode so get excited because christy is going to have a lot to share in regards to upcoming football but speaking of football we need to dive in first and foremost to the pack 12 and basically how everything so quickly shattered with the Pac-12. You know, we obviously were familiar with the Pac-12 going to be losing UCLA and USC as they were going to be moving to the Big Ten. And then obviously we heard the news as well about Oregon and then Arizona and then Washington leaving. And so it was kind of surprising, but all of a sudden we went from the Pac-12 to the Pac-4. Now, really a lot of people including myself, we're wondering, how did this happen? How did we get to the back four so quickly? Basically, here's what happened. According to Larry Bell, a very well-known TV anchor in the Bay Area had stated that with the Pac-12, they were trying to do things on their own. They were trying to get more exposure. They were trying to grow and be really more well-known. And they were not really taking any help from anyone else. You know, they originally had their idea that they were going to do the Pac-12 after dark. No one was going to stay up that late, really, to watch it. Then afterwards, they were just trying to figure out how to be successful, but it really wasn't working. Remember, this is a conference that didn't really do well in football. And remember, college football is very big in the U.S. And they kind of did decent in basketball, And they did decent in other sports, but really with this, they were struggling. And it kind of helped, didn't really help with their leadership as they were bouncing between one commissioner to the other. And basically as well, the TV market, which is so crazy because in the Pac-12 area, you know, in California, they're really well known for their TV market. Remember, they have great basketball teams they have a great football teams remember they had a team that won the NBA finals and a team that had won the previous Super Bowl but really with this you know there were some struggles as well you know we also had the LA Dodgers who won the World Series a few years ago so they do well in pro sports but it's very different than in the south where you know in the south you look at college football and that's the big focus there, whereas that's not really the case in the West Coast. So in the matter of a few days, we saw the fall of Pac-12, and now everyone is going to be joining the Big 12 or the Big 10, and it's very just interesting to see how it's happening. Now, there are four teams left in the Pac-12, and with those teams, it's going to be a question of where these teams will go. You know, you've got Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford. There have been some reports that right now the ACC is interested in picking some of those teams. 
I made the joke that I would love to see Georgia Tech and Stanford play one another. I told that to a friend. He did not like that joke. It is what it is. So it looks like the Pac-12 is, you know, going to be disappearing. There have also been some reports that the Pac-12 can merge with the Mountain West or something. And that I'm not opposed to that idea. But right now, really with this, the biggest concern has to be what does this mean for the athletes? And right now, it's not really looking good because now you're losing the opportunity to recruit these players who would come in and get a chance to play. You know, so many teams might have had a dream to have someone play at Stanford. You know, Christian McCaffrey played at Stanford, and he's one of the best running backs we have in the NFL. Or you have Jalen Brown, who played at Cal, and he was one of the best basketball players that we have and currently right now. So right now, it's definitely changed a good bit, and it's very interesting to see. But with this as well, the Pac-12 hasn't really been a top conference recently. You look at the teams who win inconsistently, not inconsistently, but consistently. You think of the SEC, you think of the ACC, you kind of think of the Big 10 or Big 12. You don't really think of the Pac-12. And I feel like with the Pac-12, they're just not a strong conference like they used to be. You know, with USC, they were so dominant in the early 2000s. UCLA was pretty dominant. Stanford eventually got dominant. And then recently, it's just been SEC, SEC, SEC. And, you know, I love that for being someone who's from Alabama. But I look at this, and I feel like right now, they were trying to compete with the SEC and the ACC. And that kind of led to the demise of the Pac-12, which I hate to see. Now, moving on to our next point, which is in regards to the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara has been suspended for three games for the start of the season. Now, Kamara was suspended due to getting into a fight and being convicted of battery when he was in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. And really with this right now, you know, when it comes to the suspension, there are some questions about, you know, is it enough? Was it too little? We really don't know. But I feel like with this right here, I feel that it was not necessarily the most well-deserved. I feel like he deserved a little bit more. Because he was arrested and booked into a detention center for battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. And their surveillance shown that Kamara had punched a man approximately eight times. Alvin did pay over $105,000 to cover the medical expenses. And he was fine and he had to do 30 hours of community service. But he had also met with Goodell to make sure that they could get everything situated here. Now, with this right now, you know, three games they can handle. But at the same time, can the Saints do that? Because Eno Benjamin is now out for the year with a ruptured Achilles. Their rookie, who they just drafted in Kendra Miller, hurt his jaw in the middle of training camp. And right now, the only other option they have is Jamal Williams. Now, can Jamal Williams carry the load? I think he can, but you also need to have another option. And with this, this is why they're bringing in Kareem Hunt for a visit. But is this a potential where you look into seeing if Ezekiel Elliott's available, if Dalvin Cook is available? I feel like with this right now, Zeke or Dalvin could be great options. And they are, you know, familiar in the NFC, so I'm not opposed to it. 
But at the end of the day, you know, they're addressing the concern. They're trying to find another option because you only have one running back at this moment, and that is going to be Jamal Williams. Now, with this right here, it does come in with a few other options as well. You know, maybe you have someone who's on your practice squad. Maybe you have something right here that you could look into. Like I said, you know, Kendra Miller is dealing with a hurt jaw, but he could step up maybe. He was someone who actually had mentioned how he was looking to take Kamara's reps, and then a lot of people laughed at him, and now he actually might. But with it, it's still early on. Now, how can the Saints prepare to win without Alvin Kamara? Well, you've got a prepared quarterback. You have a great young wide receiver. You've got a receiver who's looking to get more involved in being healthy again, and Michael Thomas. And you've got a pretty good defense. So I feel like with this, the ceiling, obviously, for the Saints in these three games, 3-0. I could see them going 2-1. and one. That's me as a Saints fan. But I could also see that, really, you know, Derek Carr could be fine in this. You know, this is where Pete Carmichael might do well. And then you bring back Kamara, and you can win winnable games again. So at the end of the day, anything is really possible. But right now, you know, three games, they'll be able to handle that. They just need to find another running back because what if Jamal Williams can't handle it all? I mean, I think he can, but you need a backup and you need someone who can give Jamal a breather when needed. And now we've got some basketball news, which is in regards to Anthony Davis getting paid. Anthony Davis now has the richest annual extension in the NBA. And with this, I am having so many thoughts in regards to this, because with with the whole thing, I mean, look, I'm a Pelicans fan. I, you know, do miss him, but I'm also at the same time kind of just more thinking, you know, hey, you did a sturdy. What the heck is wrong with you? But breaking down his contract right now, it's a three year max extension. And with this as well, you know, I think he does deserve it, but at the same time, I don't. Because when I look at this, he was acquired by LA in 2019 with a three-team trade. And he's been good for them. But at the same time, availability is the best ability. And it's he, they call him day-to-day -day Davis for a reason. Now, let's take a look at his contract right here. He has agreed to a three-year, $186 million contract extension. And that's going to tie him through the 2028 season. And of course, he's represented by Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul. Now, he had two years, $84 million left on his contract. And with this right here, you know, it kind of can make sense that he gets the annual extension. But at the same time... Here's the thing with Anthony Davis. Like we said, he struggled to stay healthy. Anthony Davis, I don't think, has played a full season in a really long time. And now that LeBron is getting up there in age, they're going to look to him. And that's what I think is what's important. So let's take a look at this. Anthony Davis has never played a full season. He played 56 games in 2022. He played 40 in 2021. In 2020 to 2021, 36, 62, Anthony Davis has not played a full season. So right now, as bad as it sounds, if you can get 56 games out of Anthony Davis, great. If you can't, then you're paying a man basically nothing. 
or you're paying him just to kind of sit there and treat close. That's not what you want to do. Look, I've seen it happen with Zion. I've seen it happen with Anthony Davis when he was in New Orleans. I've seen it happen with other players too. We don't want this to happen. But I think with this, it comes down to another thing here. Does he deserve this extension? And that's where it's a hit or miss. Yes, he might deserve it. But at the same time, no, he might not. Now, can he stay healthy? Remember, he hasn't played a full season before. Could he play a full season, especially now that he's 30? It's potential he could, but they're going to be looking to him and for other players to step up while LeBron is, you know, doing load management. That's another thing, too. The Lakers are going to do a lot of load management for LeBron because he's getting up there in age. Now, a last thing that I have to ask is, where did LA get all this money from? I feel like they had so much money that they've been able to sign all these players. They signed Jackson Hayes, they signed Gabe Vincent, they signed Austin Reeves to an extension. I really don't know where it's come from. But with this, I'm definitely interested to see how this extension will work out for the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Now, before we move on, I think it is important that we discuss the fight between Tim Anderson on, I believe it was Saturday. And it's just still so crazy because... We saw it, a lot of people saw it live, and then a lot of people also were able to see it, you know, just super quickly on the internet. But it was between Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. Now, Tim Anderson has been suspended for six games. Jose Ramirez has been suspended for three. And the closer, Emmanuel Quas, was suspended for one. So right now... Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson are appealing their suspensions. I highly doubt that Tim Anderson is going to be getting off the hook of that. Because here's what happened. Ramirez and Anderson squared off near second base. Ramirez slid in on a double. And then the fight was the culmination of several days of trash talking. But we saw the gloves, or in this case, the mitt, come off. And it was just, you know, benches were emptying and it was... Something that just took the baseball world by storm. But here's the thing. Fights are common in baseball. So why were we so you know, shocked by seeing this? Why were we so excited about it? Because of how quickly it happened. You know, punches were thrown. The gloves came off. It was unexpected. So really with this, you know, I know we don't talk about baseball too, too much. But this was just so unexpected right now. But, you know, we'll keep everyone updated on what's going to happen here. But this was basically... I don't want to say the fight heard around the world, but if you were on social media or on the internet, you were seeing potential parts of this fight or memes coming from this fight, and you still probably will see them. Moving on to our next point, which is in regards to the coaches poll. It has come out. So today the coaches poll came out where it's going to rank the preseason top 25 for college football. And usually with this, you know, it isn't, much of a secret because we know who's going to be ranked on the preseason top 25 based on how you finished last year. So number one, for no surprise, is Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Big surprise. Number three, Alabama. Not a surprise. Number four, Ohio State. Not a surprise. Number five, OSU. Not a surprise. Six, USC. Not a surprise. Seven, Penn State. Eight, Florida State. Nine, Clemson. Ten, Tennessee. That's the top 10. We're not going to go through the top 25. But on this top 25, we had five SEC schools. That's terrific. You know, we already talked about Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, 
We've also got Ole Miss and Texas A&M. A lot of people are really roasting the fact that Texas A&M is there, and honestly, I kind of agree. I'm very surprised about it, too. Tennessee had a good year. Hendon Hooker gets hurt. They kind of struggle. Alabama, I know, lost two games, but that's still very generous. Georgia won the national championship, but there are concerns about what will happen this year, especially because every player on Georgia seems to be getting arrested. No offense. And then really with this LSU, it's, you know, what can Brian Kelly do in year two? There's talk of, oh, Brian Kelly can win the championship in year two. Let Brian Kelly coach a few games first. And then we also have some teams in the South as well who are being represented. You know, we've got Clemson, who's been on here before as well. Oklahoma, which they're going to be in the SEC soon. North Carolina. Tulane. Yeah, shout out to Tulane. You know, they had a terrific year last year. They had that comeback win over USC. They deserve to be in the top 25. So that's definitely really exciting for sure. Now, will other teams make an appearance in this poll very soon? I think so. You know, people are saying that South Carolina should be in there. Obviously, I could see teams throughout the SEC coming out right now. Could Auburn make an appearance? You know, maybe. But this is just the preseason. Remember, we saw Texas A&M lose to Appalachian State last year, and that really messed them up. We saw a team like TCU come out of nowhere, and they do really well. Anything can really happen with the coaches' poll. So it's definitely, you know, interesting to see. Now, are there teams that are definitely ranked a little bit higher, definitely a little bit lower? For sure. Like I said, we said Texas A&M is at number 25. Ole Miss could have been a little bit higher. Tulane maybe a little bit higher. Is Notre Dame being 13 pretty high? Yes, considering they lost games early on. And then Texas as well, you know, number 12. Texas, they always claim that they're back. We'll see what happens when we get to the Alabama-Texas game in the second week of the college football season. Now, moving on to our final point, which is in regards to George Pickens, who's an up-and-coming star for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he was just finished his rookie year, had a great year. A lot is expected from him in year two. CBS Sports interviewed him and asked him who his top five wide receivers were. Number one, Calvin Johnson. Number two, Randy Moss. Number three, Jerry Rice. Okay, number four, Julio Jones. You know, real recognized real. And number five, very surprising, in Michael Crabtree. Now, obviously, this was posted on Twitter, and everyone, including yours truly, was definitely very concerned because they saw Michael Crabtree on here. Look, I'm not saying that Michael Crabtree isn't a good receiver, and I'm not saying that he didn't have a great career. But you look at those four other receivers – Calvin Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. Randy Moss is in the Hall of Fame. Jerry Rice is in the Hall of Fame. Julio Jones one day will be in the Hall of Fame. Michael Crouchy will not. And this is where you could have said, really a lot of other potential receivers. You could have said someone like Steve Largent. Or you could have said someone like Andre Johnson. Or Marvin Harrison. Or Reggie Wayne. Or literally almost anyone else. But Michael Crouchy... Very, very surprising. I mean, this is also something where you could have said someone on maybe the Saints or the Panthers or maybe someone that you also grew up watching. But I don't know where Michael Crouchy came from. I feel like, you know, he was good, but he wasn't as good as they 
made it, or maybe this is where you say Demarius Thomas. So, you know, I'm a little concerned because this is very surprising to hear that you put Michael Crouchy at number five. Yes, he was a great receiver, but he never won a Super Bowl. And he was, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Gooder. I mean, I'm sure, you know, he has a lot of great moments as well. But here, let's look at Michael Crabtree's accolades and kind of just kind of leave some feedback on here. So obviously Michael Crabtree won the Blitnikoff and he was the first round pick. Two-time Blitnikoff award winner. No Pro Bowls, no All-Pros. 7,000 receiving yards. That's pretty great. Now, let's look at his career stats. So, he went over 1,000 yards twice in 2012 and 2016. Aside from that, pretty good career, but nothing really to write home about. Was good in the postseason? Yeah, sure. But I don't think he needs to be in the same discussion as Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. I mean, let's look at Jerry Rice's stats for example, played 20 years in the NFL, Super Bowl MVP, and you look at his career stats, he won the Super Bowl, he had, you look at it, you know, a thousand yards so many times throughout his career, 22,000 career receiving yards, one of the best receivers of all time, and he was also a 13-time Pro Bowler, a 10-time first-team All-Pro, Offensive Player of the Year twice, three Super Bowl champions, Julio, terrific receiver, Pro Bowler, took his team to the Super Bowl, was terrific. Same with Randy Moss. Randy Moss led a team to an undefeated record before Eli Manning had the throw of his career. I just think it's really weird that Michael Crabtree was included in that because Michael Crabtree compared to those other four didn't really seem to do the job or get the job done. But that's going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We couldn't have grown without y'all and we greatly appreciate it. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're basically in all podcast platforms. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter Facebook at Jake's Take Podcast, my personal Instagram, JakeSo14, and my personal Twitter at Swaked by Jake. As always, you can follow Christy on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Marie underscore double zero. This is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports and different forms and varieties. Be sure to check them out as we've got a lot of great content coming out, especially with football coming up, so get excited. As always, thank you so much for helping us grow. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We greatly appreciate everything that y'all have done to help us keep going, especially as we approach our busy time of the year where we're going to have a lot of content coming out, especially with football. So get excited. And as always, thank you so much for everything y'all have done over the past few weeks. You know, I've been going through a bit of a hard time and I greatly do appreciate everything y'all have been able to do to support me. So as always, continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Check in on your friends, you know, say hi to your friends every once in a while, just to let you know that they're, you're thinking of them, because it really does mean a lot. Bring kindness into the world, be a light in this world. The world is still a very scary place and needs our help. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.